We just made someone's day by playing uh, Africa from Toto. It's just a great song. And um, 
We're uh, here on Vagabond Radio on 90.9 KRCL. Uh, my name is PJ, filling in once again for Barbie. She will be back next week for Radiothon, I believe. And uh, the past couple of weeks, we've had some cool people in the geek community. It's my favorite thing. I love having people on, um, but not like from the music scene. I'm not, <laughs> not into that. I'd rather have people I know I'd get along with. So uh, this week, I'm, I'm very uh, happy to have everyone from, well, was this? Four, four fifths. fifths. Four fifths. <laughs> yeah, four fifths of the uh, Big Shiny Robot uh, podcast crew here in the studio tonight. And uh, it's cool to to finally meet you guys. Like, I'm awful at, like, meeting people in public. I've, I've seen all of you everywhere, but I don't introduce myself because I'm, like, terrified. So it, it's nice to actually just be comfortable and talk to you guys here in studio. Anyway, so uh, please introduce yourself starting from my left here. Yeah, hey, guys. I'm Tyson. I thought that's it was a like, lame introduction. Yeah, I I'm just used to the, the, we have our intro already. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we haven't had to do intros uh, for a while. I, that's all I've got. Hi, I'm Tyson. <laughs> there you go. Hi, I, I'm Tom. I, I mix the sound musics and stuff for the show. Uh, Tom's been on the show before. Oh. Uh, he and his, and his uh, wife, Anna, and it was that's a true. great show. And we're buds. Now, yeah, we're, we're homies now. <laughs> we always yeah. we, we talk about hanging out a lot. Yeah, we don't, and then we miss each other at like every everything. Convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it is. But it, it's it's not a mean. It's not like a mean thing. No, it's just yeah. a sad thing. <laughs> yeah, sad thing. Uh, and next, uh, I'm Lucas. So I Lucas. I, uh, I co-founded Big Shiny Robot, and I do a lot of very very nerdy things. Oh, awesome. We're gonna get into all this stuff. I'm curious about how Big Shiny Robot came together. How you guys met to do the podcast and all that stuff. And finally, uh, I'm John. Hi, John. I, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. <laughs> but uh, did you guys see that fire driving in here? No. No? The, what? Uh, the, <laughs> the French cheese store downtown? Oh, uh, no. God damn it. There was nothing left but debris. <laughs> no. Can we ask John to leave? <laughs> See, the thing is, is if you're if you're hearing us for the first time, he spent like two weeks writing that joke. Oh. He has literally <laughs> been sitting nights wanting to say something like this. I've got the jokes. Oh. No child. Need a kid. <laughs> got tons of dad jokes. No child. <laughs> but it's nice to, to meet you guys and have all of you in the studio. And uh, it's like a... I, I, it always goes well when I have people in, and I and after this, I'm sure I'll invite all of you guys to come again. And uh, but first, I want to talk about um, how long you've been with Big Shiny Robot. How did this come together, Lucas? Since you said you're a co-founder, oh no, <laughs> um, kind of a a short version of a long story. So Brian and I got to be friends through a freelance job. Mm -hmm. He hired me to build him a website for a documentary called Killer, Killer at Large. Mm -hmm. And from that, him and I started talking a lot about different nerdy things and messaging back and forth. Um, just links to new trailers or different such things. This must have been probably like 2006 or 2007 uh, before the dawn of the blog. And so we decided to start a WordPress site to kind of host these links or different stories and Brian wanted to start getting more into the journalism side of things. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to learn more coding and web development. Sure. So it was a perfect match for that. So we started the website. It must have been 10 years or so. 2006, 2007. That's like the, the 
hotbed of like everyone doing like blogs and stuff like that. That's where I started my first music blog, 2006. And yeah, anyways, <laughs> go on, continue. <laughs> yeah, sure. Then. There was a lot of really cool things happening all at once. Um, Geek Show started right around then. Mm-hmm. We started doing our stuff and helping them with their movie nights. Um, we started doing our own events too. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. It didn't really explode for us until we, uh, we broke a few laws and got a few cease and desist letters from Warner Brothers. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we happened to have a few trailers up on our website that we shouldn't have. And from that, we got a huge amount of traffic that just kind of never went away, mm-hmm. which was cool. And then, I don't know, it must have been three or four years after that that we started the podcast. Because I believe, I know Tom wanted to, and I think Tyson, they both approached me and said, hey, this is something we want to give a go. And I thought, well... Why not? So we did it at our friend Nick's house, mm-hmm. who's not here right now. The He's Echo the Dome. fifth member, the Echo Dome. The Echo Dome. The, the Pete Best, if you will. <laughs> the big shiny robot. Well, I'm like <laughs> the fifth Beatle. No, nothing. <laughs> not, none of us know who that is. <laughs> All right. But maybe PJ. I don't know. No, nothing. Like, yeah. I wasn't familiar <laughs> with the... <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> The geek community here in Salt Lake until like a couple of years ago, but what was it? What was it kind of like when you started the site? Like to, compared to what it is now, like did, was it? I feel like it was a big part of like cultivating what's going on here now, like you guys and uh, well, geek show and stuff like that. I think a big goal for me and uh, Brian was to help build community mm-hmm. because there were so many people with similar interests. But uh, that was before even Facebook was is what it is now, right? And so uh, finding a community and doing these things together didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't, before being pulled into Big Shiny Robot, I don't remember having much of a community to get like that nerdy outlet. Mm-hmm. Like I had a job tied into gaming and stuff. So I had those people I worked with to talk about it with, but there was never like an extended group that I remember. Seeing. Right. Yeah. So I think from that ended up being a lot of people with a similar attitude of, hey, let's hang out and do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And. It kind of grew from there. It's definitely way different now. I mean, you've got these different bigger events happening. We start to do a, a swap meet. Right. Every I summer. go to it all the time now. It's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you come and hang out with us. Yeah. I don't like say talk to anyone. I just kind of just like slyly look at everything and leave. <laughs> but I still love it. It's great. Well, next time, say hello. I so will. Yeah. A beer I, or something. I, I had Tui on last week uh, from Watchtower Cafe, and we had the story like, I assumed that when people meet me, they don't remember me the next time I see them. So every time I would see him, like at a swap meet and stuff like that, I would pretend I didn't know him. Like we were meeting for the first time. And it, this went on for like three times. And the third time it's like, I know you. It's like, yeah, I know you too. Let's just get over this. But yeah, that's usually how it goes. Anyways, so. That probably uh, messed him up. Where he's like, yeah, do, yeah. do I pretend like yeah, I don't right. know PJ? Yeah. Right? This guy keeps introducing me. Like, is this a power struggle? Like, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, how did the rest of you enter into the fold? Like, uh, were you guys friends beforehand or is it through the, the website that you all of you guys become became buddies? Well, I've known Lucas since the seventh grade. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, go way back. We, we've always just been friends. Mm-hmm. And so when he started this, uh, within a couple of weeks of you guys starting it, the actual blog, mm-hmm. he messaged me, asked if it was something I wanted to do because I was into the, all the nerdy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. took trips to the comic book store with them. 
um, from there, I think it's, it, it still is to this day, but especially back in those early days, it was very much a passion project for all of us, especially because we were all doing the writing side of things. Mm-hmm. Some of us have backed off and kind of angled into different parts of the website. Mm-hmm. And we've got a great staff of writers now that do a lot of the, the heavy lifting in that area. But mm-hmm. And to be clear, they do it better than we ever did. Oh, yeah, way better ever than we did. ever did. Yeah. <laughs> so That's just a lot of work. It, yeah, it really yeah. is. And, you know, yeah. we had to kind of learn... Uh, as we went, but you know, Lucas messaged me one day, said, Hey, we're starting this thing. It's a geek blog. Do you want to be a part of it? And I said, yeah, at the time I had a desk job that allowed me to have some free time to, you know, write articles like pretty quickly as it, as it came, as it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, from there, I got into a lot of the DVD and television reviews. Um, so I started doing that, uh, started getting the reviewers mailed to me. So that was kind of a nice little perk. Um, would do reviews on the DVDs, the special features, et cetera, and did some TV and just, we've been doing it ever since. Um, so now I've kind of backed off into just being part of like the podcast and some of the extracurriculars, the big shiny robot does helping Lucas out with the swap meet and sure. everything. So and while we mentioned the swap meet, I'd like to plug our boys, the Bohemian brewery. Oh yeah. So those guys always would be remiss <laughs> with, with beers and a location to do that sweet stuff. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah. And then I wanted to, my, how John and I got to be friends. We actually just did a podcast episode on mm-hmm. through the big shiny robot feed, but I got to know John through the, from Night Flight Comics. Night Flight. Cause I used to work there for a long time and then I started, I was going through a, a tough time and I didn't, I was out of work. Mm-hmm. So I started going and hanging out at Night Flight more and John happened to be working there. Yeah. I was working there. Uh, I was also at a transitional period in my life and took a job with very minimal stress where I could just, Talk about the thing I love, which mm-hmm. is comics. That's awesome. That's how we met. Yeah, we got to be fast friends. And then Tom, we've also known since high yeah, school. Um, so Lucas and I played in a band in high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, what kind of music did you play? <laughs> Bad music? Okay. <laughs> Do you still play together? I think it was supposed to be mm. punk. It was supposed to be punk rock, but it was just... It's like no shoegaze and metal had Whoa. a baby, <laughs> and no one wanted it. They just it to the, no, we, the, the, the orphanage. It, it ended up being like we wrote like four or five songs that were fun, and people kind of liked it. And then we do that, and then Lucas would play Metallica jams, mm-hmm. and then I would get tasered by our drummer. Yeah, that was some wild times. And then the show would be over. So we did that, and then after high school, I kind of lost touch. And then Lucas started shopping at my GameStop. Yep, and that's when he was like, "Hey, man, you clearly do a lot of video games. Do you want to cover video games?" Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I was writing four or five reviews a week at one point. Yeah, video um, game reviews. Learning a lot about how the internet comment sections work at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. Was the shot had probably been about two years after that? Maybe a year, year and a half. Yeah, you came in pretty early. You were like wave two. But it was it was late enough that like a lot of the backbone was built, so I had something to work upon, which is not fun. And then. From there, the podcast hit, and I stepped away from writing two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. and So the collective yeah. focus is just on the podcast now? Uh, for, for us, the yeah. Four for us. Us. Mm-hmm. And then I try to manage the written side. Uh, Cassidy Ward has stepped up and done a lot of mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, Brian still helps out where he can, too. So the writing has become more of a, less of a breaking news yeah. avenue and more of editorials based around nerdy things. Right. And then these guys get to focus on the podcast. It's interesting, like, as much as I respect the, the journalistic side of a, a website, I feel like you could reach more people doing a podcast, I, I, in my opinion. It's, like, It's easier to consume. when with For sure, yeah, yeah. There's like, it's just like uh, the way I looked at it with, with blogging when I was a music blogger. There just came a point where 
there's just too much other forms of media to consume mm-hmm. than just going through a blog feed all the time. It's easier to just have a couple podcasts you listen to every week and just download them. And that's it. But yeah, I, well, we've had some other podcasts offshoot from big shiny robots. So mm-hmm. to cover some other different bases. And of course the other co- half of the co-founding party, Brian Young, he's on a couple other podcasts uh, as well. Um, I, but I do think that that's kind of why on the written side of things, we moved away from the breaking news and the news cycle stuff, sure. especially as over the last decade, the way that the, the geek culture has just exploded mm-hmm. to try to stay on top of it is a impossible, impossible B, yeah. like you just get lost in the noise. Right. Mm-hmm. So we tried to go the shift was try to go from, Hey, here's a new trailer for X movie when everybody else is doing the exact right. same thing mm-hmm. to say, you know, to have a little bit more of a think piece on it. Um, you know, it, you know, prime example, anytime Brian breaks down anything, star Wars, right. Right. Um, so trying to focus more on that side of things because we're just never going to keep up with the breaking news stuff. I mean, everyone that does Big Shiny Robot has a full-time job, you know, so mm-hmm. rather just do the the editorial stuff. And I think I think everyone that's on the writing staff, I think they enjoy that a lot more because they get to put their personal touch out there. Sure. So. Well, and it's, it's more fun, too, because, I mean, imagine writing, you know, a new trailer drops and you write, like, a paragraph on it and throw it out. But then you jump on Twitter and realize that Marvel has already put the fully viewable video through right. your feed, right? Like, mm-hmm. who's going to scroll through your Twitter feed and click through when they can watch the same trailer right on their mobile? Sure, absolutely. Who's going to read about it when they can just watch it? Yeah. And experience, like, <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're getting some secret message in a trailer that no one else is getting. Exactly. It's much more interesting to hear people's thoughts and feelings. Totally. As opposed to just breaking it down, in yeah. my opinion. So, um, how long have you been doing the podcast? I don't remember the exact... I think seven years. Oh, really? I thought it was six, but Nick corrected me because that's Nick is really good at like time and fact keeping. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's been seven years. I know we started in October because it was right before Halloween, mm-hmm. and I was still in college. Does that mean we're hitting eight now? Or? I think this is our eight-year anniversary might be this year. So a long time. Like uh, when I started meeting a lot of people here in Salt Lake, it seemed like everyone had a podcast. Is there like an oversaturation of a podcast here in Salt Lake City? And is it like good or bad? I, I only know of, and other podcasters don't be mad, but I only know of four. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's an oversaturation. No, I, I think there's a lot more than that, though. I, I, okay. I think it's one of those things that's a... This is a passion project for us. So mm-hmm. anybody else that has a passion project they want to jump into, I say more power to them. Right. And if they want to be a part of the community, no matter right. what that means, mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. And, sure. And I think, I mean, oversaturation in my mind only plays into like two avenues, I guess. Avenue one would be business, right? Like if we're all trying to make mm-hmm. money off of it, then oh, it sure. may be oversaturation. Mm-hmm. And all, avenue two would be if you view the other podcast as competition. Mm-hmm. I don't, I and then, don't. And see, that's always bothered me too a bit where you've run into some that view podcasts as competition because we have, we have a national and international audience. Right. It's not just based in Utah. Sure. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of things locally, but it's, it's weird to try to compete locally when your audience can be so much bigger than that. Absolutely. Anyway, so, um, we're going to do uh, more plugs at the end, but, uh, while people are listening, while we're talking about it, uh, keeping on the topic, uh, where can, uh, people find your podcast? Uh, where can they, uh, find, uh, the, the editorials and all that stuff? So the podcast is on Stitcher and on iTunes and, and Google, Google Play. and Google play yeah, anywhere. Really? The podcast can be found. I think we've tried to hit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the website's big shiny mm-hmm. uh, You can hit us up on all the social media feeds too. And then what was the other one? I'm sorry. 
Uh, that's basically it. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the big ones. Yeah, yeah. The big ones, yeah. And then uh, well, we'll talk about like where we could reach you individually online as well. Oh, but uh, so idea. The, the idea here is to, you know, uh, learn about you guys and learn about uh, your music since we're doing the radio <laughs> show here. And uh, we we're playing some stuff off of uh, Tyson's playlist. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I would say, like, everyone loves uh, Africa by Toto. It's a it's a great song. And uh, we're going to play two more off of your playlist, and maybe we can play more as the, the night goes on. But the idea is to play three songs off um uh, your your playlist, and we'll, we'll try to play as much as we can. But uh, let's talk about some more songs on here. Uh, we'll play a track from Fallout Boy. Anything you want to say about it? Uh, yeah. So I, so you know, your parents. <laughs> <taste the music. laughs> you wonder how they keep listening to the same bands over and over and uh, over sure, again yeah, you yeah. Know, as the decades go by. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing up. I was like, oh, that's, I, you know, I, I'm kind of into like all the new stuff that's constantly coming out. Mm-hmm. I now at 32 understand exactly where that point <laughs> is that you hit because uh-huh. I don't really listen to like musical radio that much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I consume more of the talk shows like this one, um, you know, with musical interludes, like that's fine. But as far as being on the cutting edge of like what's popular, sure. there, I'm not really onto it. And so Fallout Boy, I don't know why, but they have always just been my <laughs> go to. I love Pretty much all their albums. I don't. I mean, they wrote some real rump shakers <laughs> back in the day. I would argue that they're bangers. Yeah, they're bangers, man. Um, but the the song that I included on this playlist, uh, "Miss Missing You," is probably one of my favorite tracks uh, from any of their albums. So, mm-hmm. I I get what you're saying. Uh, as much as I feel like I keep up with new music, I don't really. It, it, it comes to the point where you realize it just happens to be that a lot of your favorite bands still put out new music. So yeah. when it comes, it just goes in a cycle. Like I'm not really discovering anything really new. It just happens. The bands you like may be still relevant. So anyways, we're gonna play a track from fallout boy. And then you want to say anything about, uh, Rustin Kelly. It sounds like a country <laughs> Who is this? Well, I think we should do remix. Remix? Okay, yes. Yeah, oh. okay. yeah, let's right. do the let's do a remix. I so I actually just I love uh different remixes to different songs, uh-huh. uh different arrangements. So um these, this is one of the ones that I found, uh a remix of R. Kelly's Ignition <laughs> and kind of like big band style. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm about it about it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get into it. It's Fall Out Boy with Miss Missing You here, 90.9 KRCL. Thank you. 
Reminds me of my Lexus coupe. That's why I'm all up in your grill. Trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach. The way you got me playing the field. Give me that choo-choo. Give me that pee-pee. Run in a handsome flow. Bouncing on 24s. While they're playing on the radio. It's the remix to a mission. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. I'm a rolling that body. Got every man in it wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. Like so what I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby, I'm about to have me some fun So bounce, 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 bounce Bounce, bounce, bounce It's like her that she roll Wait, I get you out and close Privacy is on the door But still they hear you screaming more Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hope and ambition I got to take my key And stick it in the ignition Give me that tutu That beep beep, running a hands to the floor, bouncing on 24s while they say on the radio. This is mission, hot and fresh out the kitchen. I'm a rolling that body, got every man in the wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have me some fun. So crystal popping in the stretch navigator. We got food everywhere. As if the party was gated, I got friends to my left, honey's on my right. We put them all together, we got juke and all night. And after the show is after party, and after the party is hotel lobby. Now round about four, we gotta clear the lobby and take it to your room and somebody. Girl, we up in the street, fogging windows up, blasting the radio. Back in the trunk, bouncing up and down, stroking around and around to the remix. We just started it out. We just started it out. We just started it It's the freaking weekend, and with 
Back here on Vagabond Radio 90.9 KRCL. If you'd like to listen to um, the station online, you can access the live stream at www.krcl.org or listen to us on your mobile phones with the KRCL radio app. And uh, my name's PJ filling in. I usually host the Yellow Stereo right after, uh, but we'll have uh, someone filling in tonight. And um, we're sitting here with the crew from the Big Shiny Robot podcast you can find their uh podcasts online on itunes and stitcher radio and uh you can check out the um the website uh at bigshinyrobot.com and uh yeah uh during that before that break we played a bunch of songs from uh mr tyson here you're welcome and, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna get into the the rest of the guys uh song choices um in a little bit but uh, what I want to talk about this go around is like, uh, what are you really excited about? Or is it TV, films, music, anything? What do you want to talk about? So let's let's just go through it. TV. What are you guys excited about? Why'd you guys all look at me? That was weird. <laughs> you're the like, TV guy. You're normally the TV guy. Um, you've been at home. I uh, <laughs> just had a baby and uh, haven't. Uh, and, uh, How many times have you watched Moana lately? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, so much. Yeah, Moana's great. Yeah. I love it. Okay. No, don't get me wrong, yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, six times in one day is kind of my limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. T- so TV coming out. Uh, all the CW shows are coming back. Mm-hmm. They ended it on a strong note. If you're watching those, you're probably. If you're still watching them, you're probably still enjoying them. If you never got into it, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Um, so the Flash, Arrow, um, that's about all I Legends watch. Is, yeah, the Flash, and I, I, I don't keep up with Legends of Tomorrow every week, but I, I watched all of it. It's great, very good. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it. I avoided it forever, and then it popped up on Netflix, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. It's snark. Very, I need more snark in my life. Uh, you'll be disappointed then going forward. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He always comes back. He's in Mick's head, and you know. Um, but you got Agents of Shield and stuff. But I mean, there's some there's some really good TV over the summer. And some really bad TV. Yeah, coming and out. some really bad TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, season two of Preacher. <laughs> yeah. I'm finally watching that. It is amazing. Yeah. It is so good. Season two of Preacher. I uh, was on over the summer. Uh, I can't. It might still be. It's, it's still it's going. over. It's it over. Preacher ended like three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we had the big Game of Thrones, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but. We got Punisher coming up. Punisher coming up on net, the Netflixes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm alone because I'm the minority here, but I'm super excited for. The return of Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, for this sure. Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'm just barely watching it for the first time with Danielle, and we've loved it. I can't wait oh, for it. Oh, my God. I have been watching. I've watched the entire series in the past two weeks, and I've noticed my neuroticism has skyrocketed <laughs> exponentially in conversations. It's, it's getting out of hand. The, while we're watching it, we often point out times like, that's totally something John would say, do, or act like. Yeah. That's great. But I mean, don't forget you guys, um, CBS, they've got uh, Young Sheldon and (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Can White, a bunch of other garbage shows. Um, I'm sorry. So are are any of you guys Trek? Trekkies? That that watch the the new new show? Yeah. So, I mean, I watched the 
first the first half of the premiere, I mm-hmm. guess, because then for the second half you have to do the CBS. I thought it was only going to be all on on the on the the uh, whatever the CBS C- Yeah, yeah. So I was like, why is this on? So I, I watched it. There's a lot of like Dutch angles going on. It kind of turned me off immediately. So I haven't gone back and, and finished it. But so yeah. I, like you don't like Dutch people. <laughs> Expand on that. I, I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. Tiny hands. <laughs> um, having only watched the first half, oh, it, it's, I don't know, some Trek is better than no Trek, sure. but I'm kind of tired of Trek just digging through the past mm-hmm. all the time and doing like all these prequel Trust. series. I would love for them to go forward with their stories. Sure. Um, you know, posts, you know, Voyager, Next Generation, that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Uh, so it, it was good for what it was. I don't think I'm as on. It was good TV, but I'm not as a Trek fan as on board. Sure. As maybe some I was more into it when Brian Fuller was involved. And yes. then when he dropped out, I just don't know why. I don't know why, but I immediately lost interest. Yeah, it, it <laughs> kind of dampened my interest. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Especially coming right off of Hannibal. So. Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah. And I I don't have stars. So I, I haven't watched American God, so I have no opinion on it at the moment, but everyone seems to love awesome. that. So, yeah, American so, God yeah. is super good. Wait, is, is Scott Bakula in the new Star Trek? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Didn't he do things, though? A so, horrible reboot of Star Trek? Like he was years on ago? one, was yeah, it? It was called Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first Enterprise. So, Tom, what video game stuff coming up this fall? Or, or, yeah, what are you playing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that would be as awkward as it might sound. Yeah. Um, really, the games I want for this year are out. I'm, I'm planning on picking up um, The Evil Within 2 in a couple weeks because the first one was awesome. If you're a horror game fan, I highly recommend it. It's made by the uh, Resident Evil creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite's out, and that game is deep and complex and really challenging. And it is so different. Who's your guy? I'm um, playing Cap and X, as I committed. Um, I have been messing around with a little bit of Spider-Man as well, because he's got some pretty fire combos. Um, <laughs> and then I have been playing around a little bit. I want to get into Dormammu, because he's currently like the, the top-tier guy. Mm-hmm. If anybody watches fighting game tournaments, somebody did a 266-hit full-life combo on him. Like in one, of, It was amazing. Um, it's already in tournament play. Oh yeah, it, really? <laughs> there was so the game came out last Tuesday, and yeah. the first official MVCI tournament was at SoCal Regionals last Saturday. Oh wow! Um, there's a tournament in Salt Lake this weekend. That's, that's what turned me off. Uh, I talked to Thomas about this a long time ago. Like, I got it when Street Fighter Five came out. I was like, I'm going to jump into this. I bought like an expensive uh, fight stick, and I got on. I got destroyed. You get bombed. And, yeah, I was like. I don't have anyone that could teach me how to play, and I have no time to, like, learn how to be good. So after about a week, I sold my, my fight stick, and that was the end of that. Man, I, I, love, I, yeah, gotta, I, I love fighting games still, but it's hard to. I got a, I got a fight stick to lend you. Yeah. Every Wednesday night, <laughs> yeah. you come on down. Yeah, okay. MVCI is super deep, and it's not, I think, what people aren't. So Street Fighter Five was really built, in my opinion. It's hard, and it's deep, and there's a lot of meta there, mm-hmm. but it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And Marvel is accessible to a point, but if you actually want to play Marvel seriously, you're putting time in. I mean, it has, they have like a one button combo system, so you can turn oh, easy sure, combos yeah. on, right? Mm-hmm. So you just mash punch and it does all the combos. But that's not legal in any kind of tournament play. Sure. And so the, the combos are legit hard. And especially when you start getting into like, um, they're called bread and butter combos, mm-hmm. like the stuff that you need to be able to do to get maximum damage. And it's the stuff you have to be able to do mindlessly. There's some pretty complex execution there, yeah. so that's what I've been doing. When I'm not working, I'm up at 
in the morning, learning my combos, drinking my coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's going to be my life for. Yep, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom is uh, with the simplified constro- control scheme. It's the only game where I've actually gotten people to act, that don't really play that stuff to actually mm-hmm. play. Yep. It's easy to get people into that game. It's fun, well, and it's got a great cast of characters, right? Yeah, I mean, for everybody sure. Everybody knows who a Capcom or a Marvel character right. is. Like someone's met them. I think John mm-hmm. would disagree with you there, though. Yep. Yeah. Where are the X Men? Where are the X Men? Well, maybe Fox should deal with their contracts better. Maybe, so maybe uh, is that like? <laughs> I remember like the mandate from from Marvel is like we're not doing X Men or Fantastic Four, so that has kind of followed through with the video game. I, I think so. And there's a lot of drama in the fighting game there's, community. Like about Wolverine's it, not in it. No, no what? No, That's what I'm like saying. Yeah. He's Berserker, a Berserker. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no oh Phoenix, my no Wolverine, um, no Gambit. Trying to think of who else is in Magneto. Yeah, Magneto, no Magneto. For sure, yeah. No, Dormammu is kind of the new Magneto mm-hmm. in this one. Like he's got a lot of the Magneto combos. It looks like no Doom. Um, I guess Doom's not an X Men guy. Sentinel, no, Fantastic Four. Fox, yeah, he's Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no Doctor Doom. Which I mean, wow. if you watch UMBC three, right? Like mm-hmm. Doom Morrigan was like the team, mm-hmm. but Morrigan, the Dark Stalkers characters are still there. So you have Morrigan, but no Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultron seems to be very Doom esque. Mm-hmm. So Doom's everyone's villain. He's yeah. the greatest villain He's a great in Marvel. Spell, yeah. yeah, hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah, but Ultron's a better fighting game character. <laughs> mm. Look forward to beating you, Tom. Oh, <laughs> a little repeat of Injustice oh, 2. You know? remember uh, that night? I do. I think I lost a match or two. And um, I'm I'm just playing Destiny 2 right now. So oh, man. it's they've made some big changes because yeah, there's a lot of problems with Destiny 1. So, Mm. Is it still grindy though? Because it's, it's fun, but it, there gets to a point where yeah, you have no choice but to to grind light levels. But they mm-hmm. removed like do they remove? I can't really think of all this stuff. So can I ask you about oh, yeah. while, you're, while you're thinking on that? Can I ask you? I heard that there are like one use shaders. Like you unlock a shader and it's like a single use, right? Like uh, uh, sometimes when you uh, turn in engrams, they'll give you like. A certain number of shaders, if you if you get them, yeah. It's not like a like a, most of my shaders. I have like three, so I, I don't use any of them because I don't want to like regret it later and not have it to use. So. Right. So if you use it, you're done. Yeah, you're so, done. Right. Yeah. Now, does it shade like just a piece of armor? Just a like, piece of armor. Yeah. And that piece of armor will always be magenta. Or right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What What is Destiny? Is my buddy James plays, but. All I ever see is he sends me videos, and it's just his character dancing. So I don't, I don't really get what's going on. Shout out James. He's got guns, but he's just breakdancing. The way I describe Destiny, it's at its heart uh, an FPS, but there are like uh, RPG elements to it. Uh, Kind of like an MMO slash uh, FPS. Like a Borderlands? Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Borderlands, but perpetual. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all right. But yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. And uh, I was talking earlier. I will probably stand in line to get the Super Nintendo. I don't care. Everyone has their Raspberry Pis and all that. But <laughs> I like supporting companies I love. So even though Nintendo doesn't give a crap, so <laughs> hey, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> anyway, so any any other games on it's, the horizon you're looking forward to? No, it's really those Super um, Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah, I am actually going to buy the new Mario Odyssey for my mm-hmm. Switch, and I'm really eyeballing the new. Is it Mario X Rabbids? Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't. I don't know what the title is, but it's basically XCOM with Mario and Rabbids. Mm-hmm. And I that's brilliant. That's gold. There was a point with my Switch where I felt like. My main worry is like, 
Is there going to be continued third-party support? What's your outlook on it going oh, into man. the future? Because we, we got Doom coming. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that game, if you've not played Doom, it's the best shooter in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Doom is so good. Um, I think it will. I think it has enough consoles out, and I think if they can get Doom to perform well on it, you know, Bethesda's backing it. Obviously, they're doing Doom. They're doing um, Skyrim. And I think their indie market's been pretty strong, too. I would agree. I think... I think. Oh, for sure. The, yeah. And I think the indies are making a killing on it, too, because I don't know if it's Nintendo or the indies, but they are charging an arm and a leg for the games, and people are still buying them. Huh. Like, their um, Shovel Knight's a great example. They released that game at, like, $25 on the Switch, where it should be 10 at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the top sellers on the system. So they're definitely making a killing on the indie market, too. Um I think third-party support will be pretty good as long as it stays easy to develop for. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a little worried. Like, I haven't been following, like, the industry stuff on the Switch as hard as I usually do, but it seems to me like all the big titles people are talking about coming to Switch are only Bethesda titles. Sure. Which, Bethesda has a big library. That's a lot of games it can get. But I would like to see, I guess, you know, Ubisoft as well because they picked up, they did the Rabbids thing. So mm. there's two big ones, but it would be nice to see other third-party studios jump on board. But, I mean, even if we just get Bethesda, we'll still get Wolfenstein. That's all that matters. That's another game I'm actually super stoked for. Oh, yeah. The new yeah. Wolfenstein's going to be oh, super crazy. hot. That's going to tie into my first song very nicely. Oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, Wolf, uh, whatever the last Wolfenstein was, New Order was beautiful. We can play some New Order, too. No. <laughs> oh, we can play the back of Order, yeah. yeah. I'm down, I'm down. And, uh, yeah, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Movies or whatever? Anyone want to jump in? I, I've been watching Preacher Season 2, and it's yeah. amazing. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just already talked about it. Anyway, so... Um, if there's nothing else we, we want to jump into here, we could just get into uh, John's playlist. Uh, the songs he chose, uh, you want to just talk about them? Uh, yeah, I mean, to start it off, David Bowie, mm-hmm. Cat People. He's been in the, he was in the news today about, uh, what was it? He was the choice for, oh, I just tweeted it about it. He was the choice for. A new generation. Is it? Every generation. I don't know. I, was, <laughs> I don't know. I had to look it up, but like. He was in the news for a casting decision, but I don't remember now. I, I love David Bowie. Had my whole life. I had the pleasure of seeing him on what would be his final tour and had like one of the most reaffirming moments a concert goer can have. I was about 20 years old, mm-hmm. went into the arena. I had a Grateful Dead hoodie on and this like yuppie couple next to us looked at me and goes, guy's wearing a Grateful Dead hoodie and shook their heads and this biker in between us turns to him and goes, hey man, David Bowie's for everyone. <laughs> it was like the greatest moment I've ever had at a concert, I think. What did you think of his uh, final album? I really liked it. I thought it was kind of a return to um, like old David Bowie. Sure. You know, pre-low. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it took me a while to finally listen to it because I just didn't want to. Like, it's, I, I was like, this is going to be really sad. And I just kept putting it off, putting it off. But it's a solid record. I respect it because I like that with, with that album, he kind of went out on his own terms. So, And I didn't know what I was going to, I was kind of expecting some weird stuff with sure. James Murphy's involvement. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to sound the way it sounded, but I was really pleased with how it came out. I also did the same. I listened to it once and then couldn't bring myself to listen right. to it for about six months. Uh, I just remembered what I was going to say about Bowie casting. He was going to be the Jared Leto part in the Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner. Oh, that would have been yeah. awesome. And then they were talking about, you know, the intention was 
for him to reprise his role in Twin Peaks. So, like, uh, as I was watching it, I I almost thought that there's going to be, like, re, uh, footage of him, like, they filmed before his death or something like that. But it did not happen. It was like a tea kettle or something. Out, or talking tree. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyways, so uh, play a track from David Bowie, and he also has a couple other songs here to play. Um, I threw the band on there. Mm-hmm. The greatest band in the world. Mm-hmm. Just titled the band. They've backed pretty much everyone who's anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I picked this song because, like, never has the American blue collar worker been so well represented. And by a group of Canadian musicians, <laughs> I just absolutely love this. <laughs> and then I threw on a Velvet Underground track just because my dad raised me on Lou Reed, and I love this song. All right, let's get into it. That's a good set. David Bowie with Cat People here in 90.9 KRCL.
starts to pick at him. You know, those are different times. All, all the poets, they study these verse, and those ladies, they rode their eyes. KRCL or Vagabond Radio. Uh, my name is PJ filling in for Barbie. She'll be back next week. And uh, definitely tune in next week. Uh, it's the time where we, we need our listeners more than ever. It's Fall Radiothon. It's my, I get the most anxiety doing it because I'm not good at like selling people and like pledging money. Give PJ money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do it, dude. Do it. 
support your uh, your local radio station, uh, community radio station. But do that next week. Uh, but in the meantime, we're here with the uh, crew from the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. You can find their po- podcast online at uh, on Stitcher and um, iTunes and uh, read their work on BigShinyRobot.com. Uh uh, before we get to the topic we're going to discuss, I want to kind of, what are your, like, do you have, like, long-term or bigger plans for what you're doing at Big Shiny Robot? Everyone looks at me. <laughs> well, because we all know it's, so there's actually been this running joke that uh, the day Lucas just gets sick of dealing with every, anything and everything Big Shiny Robot, that he's just going to sell the URL to a porn site. <laughs> <laughs> No one's maybe going to get off porn on the radio, dude. Tone it down. We, Sorry. Oh, we're just bad. living in the moment. <laughs> Taking one day at a time here. Uh, I'm currently rebuilding the website. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest thing. And then the podcast, we're going to keep plugging on. We're trying to help out more with community stuff locally. Mm-hmm. Is there any like stuff, uh, stuff you could talk about on air about what you want to do more in the community? The, more swap meets for mm-hmm. sure. I would like a rack mount EQ. And an inline equalizer. So Tom wants that, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, like John said, we kind of just, whatever presents itself, we jump in to help mm-hmm. where we can. Being a passion project, we try not to shoot for the stars too mm-hmm. much. And it's been an interesting year. We've kind of narrowed down on what we want to do currently and kind of figured out what that actually looks like week to week in terms of recordings. This has been Fair to say, like a year of revamping and rebuilding. Which is, yeah. yeah. John's been new as of this last year, too. Mm-hmm. It's been, been about a, a year, part of it. year and a half, something like that. Yeah. 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 And you guys are talking about how you both know each other through uh, Night Flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to kind of delve into this next topic about what what happened and uh, like memories in regards to Night Flight. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, so Night Flight yeah. had been open... Just over 30 years? Do you remember the exact number? But yeah, I know it was over 30 years, and uh, I believe they just wanted to move more towards digital sales mm-hmm. to open their time up to do other things, mm-hmm. is, is how I understood it. Yeah, Mimi is you know pretty involved in the community as is. She does a lot of work uh, donating and helping schools with reading projects. I know she wanted to dedicate more time getting into things like that more heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, they, they closed up shop must, was a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now. It was, yeah. Two, it was the three end weeks of September. Ago. Yeah. Oh man, that was longer than that. So yeah, the, the end of September was their last day open. August. We're in September. Oh man. Yeah. August. I'm way behind. That's <laughs> all right. As always. And yeah, John and I got to work a couple shifts together, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a ton of fun going back. Like that was probably the most fun I'll ever have at a job in all honesty. Like being there yeah. for that weekend was a blast. Just talking to people about what we love, you know. Like I have a job mm-hmm. I enjoy. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, nothing, nothing beats just talking about comics and profane <laughs> things that you can't <laughs> say at a normal job. Yeah, because the the community and the crowd that was there was definitely like our people. Sure. So that was something uh, when Danielle and I were first dating. She'd ask me if uh, if I could do anything, and there was no money. Didn't matter. There was mm-hmm. no object. I would totally open a comic shop. And just hang out with my friends and talk about that stuff. Oh, for sure. I love that. I say that all the time, too. Like, if I had 
money was an issue, I'd open like a record store. You don't I, get to yeah. say that. You're on the radio. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like you're talking about the uh, night flight closing. One of my favorite places when I first moved here, uh, I, I got to meet a bunch of cool people, but they, they closed for positive reasons. They wanted to have a kid. Uh, it was a slow train uh, record store in downtown yeah. Salt Lake. It was a great little shop. But yeah, they wanted to move on to other things, and uh, it sucks because um, there isn't really a, a record store that I kind of look at the same way. So, like, um, I, I imagine with Night Flight not being around, there's a pretty sizable hole left in regards to like other places that you think highly of. I guess maybe. Well, it's tough for me too mm-hmm. because I. So I started going to night flight when Tyson and I were in high school. Mm-hmm. I was probably what, 16 or 17, mm-hmm. making the trek all the way up to the Cottonwood Mall. And then I started working there when I was about 19. And I worked there for seven years mm-hmm. through college and other jobs. That was always something I kind of did on the side. So it, it, I think it would be hard for anything else to live up to what that mecca was for me. You know, mm-hmm. like I've, I've talked before where Peter Parker is somewhat of like a Jesus character in my life. Night flight was that church, you know. Well, it's kind of, it's what you know, right? I mean, it was the comic book shop that at least we all kind of got started on. Mm -hmm. Like it was the first and only comic, well, not only, but it was the first comic shop that I went to religiously. And then, um, you know, I've been to others and they're fine. They're all well and good. You know, I don't have anything negative to say about them, but it's just something about when you kind of find your spot, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard to find anything that can replace that uh, for all the good and the bad about any. Uh, place of business. Well, and mm-hmm. I think community-wise, you know, for me, I guess I'm not really old, but I think as far as, like, the geek community, there's definitely, like, an older group, and then there's, you know, the younger up-and-coming group, if you will. And, you know, when you're in your 30s, you don't necessarily connect with a 19 to 21-year-old person, right? For it's sure. just different generations. And mm-hmm. I feel like every time I went to Night Flight, it was more of my age group there mm-hmm. buying. And I always feel like any of like the silly buying sprees my wife and I would go on, we spent, you know, 150 bucks on collectibles and comics for whatever reason, it was always night flight where we dumped that cash. So yeah. I always have those, ty- those memories tied to that. And as a transplant, like I shopped around, I checked out every store in the greater Salt Lake area. And that was the one for me. I mean, it was a kind of small space. It seemed overly crammed with stuff, <laughs> but like it was perfectly organized. I could tell they cared about what they were doing, yeah. how they organize it. Mm-hmm. And they took care of their books, which yeah, it's, is what I care about. It's interesting. Yeah. Like you move to a place, your first inclination to you know find your 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 kind of similar similar people that are into the same stuff you like. Like for me, it was going to your local comic book shops, but at the same time, the ones I would go to, I didn't really get that kind of community. It's like I'm not like kissing your guys' butts or anything like that, but I got that sense from like like. Uh, seeing you guys around in the community, also all these podcasts and stuff like that, and being around, uh, like, Comic-Con, stuff like that. Like, uh, it was through that where I was like, I want to meet these people. I want to be friends with these people. So even though you don't have, uh, not having Night Flight around, uh, it's definitely a sizable hole, but at the same time, what you guys are doing kind of fills that in some way as well for a lot of people. So That's very nice of you to say. Thank you. That's Mm -hmm. what we've always tried to do. I mean... that's always if there was ever a goal of mm-hmm. Big Shiny Robot, it was to help build that geek community right here in Utah. So you know, and it's you, awesome. I can't say enough about it. It's 
one of my favorite things about Salt Lake. I could never say enough positive things about it. It, it really is a great community. And yeah. if, mm-hmm. if we contributed to that, even in the smallest ways, I feel like then we're pretty proud of what we've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping back to the night flight discussion, I think it's also, for me, kind of a bummer. Um, because something like I stopped buying comic books actively probably two years ago, mm-hmm. maybe a year and a half ago. Like I completely stopped buying comic books. And when I read them, I will pick up one digitally or I'll borrow it from one of these guys. And something that I noticed in my buying habits is I've really missed that like – and I don't mean mom and pop in the offensive way. Like I miss that like hometown small local vibe in shops. Like even the rare time that I go to like a GameStop to pick up a game, right? Like it's not – it's just got that corporate, I don't want to say taint, because I have no problem with corporations, but it just, it's got that sterile, like, rinse and repeat prepackaged vibe to it, mm-hmm. where, like, I know I walk into any GameStop and I will get the same pitches and the same thing. For sure. And mm. I'm not really knocking games, but any, any company. Whereas, like, I do miss the feeling of, like, rolling into the comic shop that is owned by a person behind the counter and the person that works there because they love, just like you guys, they love to talk about it. And these are people that are in your community building that I, that kind of stuff really just i i miss that a lot and that was that was like my favorite times working at night flight were saturdays just hanging out they were busy but as the night slowed down just talking comics and having people come in and connect on so what do you like to read mm-hmm. oh you like walking dead you like robert kirkman or maybe right. you might like garth ennis if you tried preacher if you tried this those conversations i don't get to have like you're not gonna have that at barnes and noble you're not gonna have that for sure and i think a lot of our friends came to there i mean like you guys, that's where you guys bonded. That's where we met John mm-hmm. um, Esteban. I met Esteban through because of Night Flight, right? Like my entire life is from yeah. Night Flight. That branch of every job I've had outside of the current job is someone I met through Night Flight. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that kind of vibe. I can only think of like a comic book shop is that the only place where you can get that. Like Thomas is bringing up like mom and pop video game shops. I guess. I go into those and I don't really feel that at all. That's why I still like default to going to like GameStop because right. I, I don't know. I just, I don't get that vibe when I go to any number of, of shops here. No offense to them. It's just, I don't know. I, yeah, don't. I think record store would be the only other place where you get that kind of interaction. For sure. Mm-hmm. And but, thanks to the Simpsons for <laughs> setting the bar so low for comic book store employees, which <laughs> yeah, John, to yeah, John loves to take advantage of. He was just yelling at people on the last day. I'll tell you a shop that I go into. I'm like, oh, this place feels cool. I would like to be involved. It's like uh, Game Night Games. And, oh, that's the board game stuff. Yeah, the board game store is like you seeing people playing tabletop games all the time. It's like this is, seems like a place I want to frequent. So and I need love- more places like that. I, feel like. I, I totally agree. I mean, because I've got one by my house. Mm-hmm. It's not a game night, but it's Epic Games, where mm-hmm. my wife and I frequent quite a bit. You've got Game Night and Sugar House. Tabletop games are awesome. It's, and I'm so glad that we're, I feel like we're in some kind of a renaissance. I now. believe it's so, too. So I was wonderful. about to say, it's game, tabletop's on the rise. It's, it's to the point where a lot of my own family and friends that don't, aren't really as nerdy as me have like gigantic sets of tabletop stuff. I was like, where'd this come from? It's like, we're just into it now. And it took me years for to get anyone to play anything. So. Isn't that wonderful? When yeah. you just transition from nerd outcast to <laughs> everyone's going to you yeah, for yeah. suggestions wow. and advice. It just happens overnight. You're now king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great feeling, and it's awesome to have, like, it, 
it's cool to like walk somewhere. Like I was at work the other day and I have a Becky Cloonan patch on my jacket and this mm-hmm. dude was like, Oh, that's a Becky Cloonan patch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not the guy you would expect to know that. And sure. I was like, it is. Yeah. She did one of my favorite Punisher runs. And he's like, I love the Punisher. And so like the idea that like what we love is out there so prevalently that we have something to connect with people on, I think is really great. Mm-hmm. So there's Tom's uplifting thought for the afternoon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I want to do now, uh, we're going to uh, play some more music. Uh, we are at uh, Lucas's uh, Choices. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about these tracks here? Sure. Which ones do you want to talk about? So let's just go in order. You've got uh, Johnny Cash with God's Gonna Cut You Down. Anything you want to say about that? Oh, I love Johnny Cash. Uh, right in that same time of my life, around 19, Night Flight is when I started getting into some of the deeper, heavier music, mm-hmm. especially Johnny Cash. That was when his American albums were coming out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think especially if I was going to believe in a biblical God, I would believe in Johnny Cash's God and the, his songs and the way he sings about God is both being this encompassing loving thing, but then also being this unforgiving force is, I don't know, something about it resonates. That's a nice pitch, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. And Weezer uh, saying it. So that's a great track. Um, but there's definitely like a, do you still keep up with Weezer now? No, I fell off pretty I, fast. I think that's everyone. <laughs> I, I really love like the blue album was great. Uh, Pinkerton, Pinkerton, and then even the green album. Green had album, like yeah. stuff. And then it's it was enough. Like, right. after that, it, even the stuff where Rick Rubin, the guy that produced, you know, the Johnny Cash album, mm-hmm. he, he revisited and did some stuff with Weezer. And even those, I just I can't hang. If, I was singing about Beverly Hills. I'm like, I want to hear about right. your garage and being a nerd and. Island of the Sun, Song of the Summer. I still buy all the Weezer albums when they come out. <laughs> you do? I do. Yeah. yeah, I I can't not. I have a hard time with them. I mean, it's interesting. Like when you hear interviews with with uh, with uh, River, it's like deal with it. This is what I like doing. So, well, good for yeah. him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's the Saint Ain't So is a song that's always hung with me. Anytime I pick up a guitar, that's, that's usually like, the first thing I play. It's a also a top karaoke song. I feel like. For sure, for, yeah. to drunkenly sing along <laughs> yeah, to. absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Foo Fighters. And it's hard to pick a Foo Fighters song. This isn't from Wasting Light. I think Wasting Light's probably my favorite of their albums, but this is my favorite love song of theirs, uh, Statues. Mm-hmm. I just go slow it down for yeah, a minute. <laughs> for all you ladies. Like, yeah, we're getting a little bit late at home. And I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters guy, but I always say, like, regardless of how you feel about them, like, you can't have anything but respect for Dave Grohl. For sure. And for his longevity and for consistency. He's still doing it. And he's doing like whatever he wants. And he want he did his own festival. Uh he wanted uh what was the idea? He wanted to record an album live with like a crowd watching. He wants to do all kinds of stuff and I love it. It's great. I've always dug too. He's never really gone out. For the money side of it, sure. He yeah, did the Sound City documentary, I think, mm-hmm. was the one that he said he had no interest in making a bunch of money. He just wanted to get the story out there mm-hmm. on that board. But I thought it was cool. Yeah. So uh, we'll play these tracks, and then we'll just play some more stuff after that. So uh, let's get into it. It's Johnny Cash with "God's Gonna Cut You Down" here, ninety point nine KRCL. Run on 
tortured souls repaired by a love of broken things in a life just somebody's growing old no fear of the end of anything we're just ordinary people into statues eventually We got by though we never needed much The sliver of diamond rings We got high It was hell and it was hell Fight over the Broken wings We're just Just to ordinary people, you'll be. 